Yeah. You have little snooze for the next while. Is that This is me. Is that Don't try and talk that, just relax. I woke up looking for Batman. Is that Batman? Batman will be in, in a while, okay? Batman wasn't anyone's real name. It's just that the doctor was wearing a surgical cap with a Batman logo in the front of it. Gary's wearing a Batman hat. I've just come out of an operating theatre in Dublin where I've had my knee cut open and repaired. It's alright, sweetheart, you're still waking up, okay? Take a few more minutes and then we'll have a chat. I'm halfway through a journey that began with a keep fit boot camp. It's all over, it's all gone really well. And hopefully, we'll end with me getting back on my feet. You rest for me for a little bit longer and then we'll have a chat, okay? That's kind of important because I'm the mother of three kids who, like most kids, need you to be ready for anything and everything. However, as well as finding out about the workings of my own knees, I've also been hearing about other knees, like my mother's. The first part of me that your father saw was my knees. Like movie knees. All of his desires become sublimated into her knee. People who worship with their knees. When they genuflect, the person behind them fall over them. Or people who just worship knees. If you're objectifying a knee, it's still attached to a person. The person has to be willing to indulge you. Oh, and the artificial knee, which was designed by an Irishman. I reckon I inserted about 12,000 joints. Far from being an inelegant piece of biomechanics, the knee is one of the most romantic, holiest and important bits of us. Ladies and gentlemen, the human knee. My knees, I've never had any complaints. Knees aren't very pretty, really, when you think about it. I mean, I've all veins and everything. There's so many things on them now. I'm afraid, I'm afraid to look at them. <laughs> it's the most amazing feeling in the whole universe is to feel that life in your body. You know when you hear a woman talking like this? And to know that there is something growing. About a baby's first kicks. Giving you back some recognition that they're there and giving you hell in your belly. They don't kick with their feet, as most of us think. The joint that is responsible for most of that kicking is in fact the knee joint. This is Chris Fitzpatrick. He's an obstetrician in the Coombe Hospital in Dublin. And when doing the scan, you can often see quite violent movements of the knee. The knee is usually a good news story for mothers in terms of its emotional contribution to the pregnancy, particularly in the context of kicking and also the fact that mothers and fathers looking at their babies on the screen with activity going on, etc., will actually make the comments as, you know, do you think he's a dancer? Do you think that this child will be in river dance? Do you think he's a football player? In relation to this country, I think there are three very famous knee joints the most famous set of injured knees in all of Irish history, all of Irish sport, and they were the knees that belonged to Paul McGrath. Well, the noise around.
tell you that this is the moment for the entry of the gladiators. At walking pace, the Irish being led out for the 16th time by Andy Townsend. Not alone did Paul McGrath, in fact, probably play the greatest game at centre-half for any team in the World Cup when we played against Italy in Giant Stadium with two bad knees. When I was picked for that game, I was just so thrilled. When he knows I've got the dodgy knees. What a marvellous occasion for everybody, not only here in New York, but New Jersey to be absolutely accurate. When I walked out and saw that uh, sea of green, I just thought, this, I don't think this, this is a day we can lose. Packy Bonner, Steve Stolton, Ray Hout, Paul McGrath and Andy Townsend have all played against these Italians before. And that's the Italian lineup. Familiar names, of course, from the European champions. Sassotti, Costa Corda, Varese, Valdini. When I came back from 1988, I was in midfield and I tried to have a shot at Peter Shilton very early on. And I was trying to hit the ball as hard as I could. But I remember standing on my left leg and trying to belt this ball as hard as I could. And I belted the ball and I suddenly heard this little out of my left knee. And I wouldn't mind, but I didn't hit the ball right either. So it just trickled up to the goalkeeper. He was leaning on the post waiting for it. The, the noise, the bone-on-bone. Bone. The bone-on-bone bone thing is horrible, I, I think, anyway. It's, it's a not natural thing, bone-on-bone. Bone. So when you're told it's bone-on-bone bone now, I was willing to put up with the pain, you know. And sometimes I think when I went to movies and stuff like that, and when you were leaving the movie, you thought, oh, it's taking me a while to stand up here, it's not good. But it's something I chose to do. So your right knee's been opened six times. And that was the old-fashioned way of doing it. Then they came along with these things. As soon as you'd done that to me, they came along with a little thing where you just have to pop it in and they can put a camera there and have a look in and all this. But I was, of course, one of the last people to get the, I'll rip your knee this way, I'll rip it that way. How did your knee look? um, Not good, not good. I, I mean, I've got lumps on this side of the knee and... You know, but I mean, I still go and try and lift weights in the gym and stuff like that because I want to keep myself to a certain level of fitness. third most famous knee, I think, in Irish, maybe relates to Miles Nagopolin, because I think Miles Nagopolin, in his writings related to the brother, I think described as one of the most serious injuries that a person could sustain was a bang of a knee on a doorknob or a nick of a razor behind the knee. I don't know where he came up with the idea of a nick of the razor in the back of the leg, but I think it carries an equal kind of acute sensation of pain. I think it may be a woman who gave him the insight. And don't for a minute think that Flann O'Brien's brother was alone amongst creatives in obsessing about knees. Was it Claire? Eric Romero's 1969 film Claire's Knee. Which is about a man who essentially fetishises the knee of a young girl. This is Dr. Harvey O'Brien from the School of English Drama and Film in UCD. Donc tu fais pleurer les moches. Non, ni les moches ni les jolies. 
It's not that he even has any great amount of interest in her, it's just all of his desires become sublimated into her knee. And he just wants to caress her knee. And this is a very talky existential drama which goes on for like an hour and 40 minutes and he gets to touch her knee at the end. And yeah, I mean, these are, are a feature uh, in other films as well. One is The Karate Kid, in which an injury to the knee is essential to the plot. Basically, the hero of the film, Daniel, is doing very well in the tournament and he shouldn't. And the bad guys decide to take him out with an illegal attack to his knee. And this becomes crucial at the climax. And after he takes the injury to the knee, Mr. Miyagi has to heal it with this mystical power of rubbing his hands together. So the knee features prominently in the story of The Karate Kid. Another is in Star Trek VI, uh, The Undiscovered Country, in which a very elderly William Shatner is engaged in a battle with an enormous alien. He's trapped in an alien prison. And basically he's struggling and then he just lashes out and kicks the thing in the knees. And it like bends over and starts groaning really gutturally and like it's in terrible pain. And so when the fight is over, he goes over to this other alien played by Iman, David Bowie's wife, and says, lucky for me, that thing had knees. And she says, not everybody keeps their genitals in the same place, Captain. So that's an important knee moment in the history of the cinema. <laughs> Remember I mentioned the boot camp? This is a kind of a keep fit class in a local park. At one point in the class, the instructor told us to jump up as high as possible and kick our heels up to our bums. And I jumped up and then when I came down, the noise was the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. It's a pop. Um, it's very hard to describe your own body. I, I, if the, anyone was closer to me, I felt everyone could have heard it. That pop was the sound of my ligament snapping. The ligament is a stringy material that connects your bones in your body. Across the knee, they connect the thigh bone to the shin bone and the ligament that snapped in my leg was the one behind the knee, the anterior cruciate ligament, or ACL. So, an MRI in my poor Al knee showed that there was really only one option, surgery. We now have the technique down to fine art. Dr Gary O'Toole was to be the surgeon and the first job he was going to do was find new stringy material from elsewhere in my leg, a graft. And there are two different types of graft that you yourself can donate, either your patella tendon or the hamstring graft. I watched that YouTube video about this ACL reconstruction back in October, and I can see it. I don't need to replay it. It's playing in my head all the time. Okay. Drill, please. So this is the drill. And it's the noise of the drill. That's what's killing me. The noise of the drill. Like a drill going into your body. I mean, who wants that? So we're into a depth of about 35 millimetres. We're hitting 40 millimetres. My poor battered knee. I felt sorry for it being drilled and pulled. But before I bring you into the operating theatre, I need to rediscover the beauty of knees. Oh! Good. No better woman than Dr. Pamela O'Connor and the darling knees of baby Maisie. Oh, good girl, she did a wee wee. They've come here for their six-week check today. Oh, she's a little bit young for the Galeazzi test, which is a knee test. 
In the newborn exam, you're looking at the skin and you're looking at, I suppose, the contour of the legs and are the bones, you know, an appropriate length and does the contour of the knee joint look normal? The development of the knee has a long course. They stay soft until about nearly three years of age and then years of healthy knees and then your knees start to annoy you probably in your late 40s. So she's looking really well there. And even from here, her knees look well as they have done during the newborn period. So don't see any concerning signs there of anything. And Enjoy the power and beauty of your youth. Oh, never mind. You will not understand the power and beauty of your youth until they fade it. But trust me, in 20 years, you look back at photos of yourself and recall in a way you can't grasp now how much possibility lay before you and how fabulous you really looked. You are not as fat as you imagine. Get plenty of calcium. Be kind to your knees. You'll miss them when they're gone. It's the day of the operation. It'll last about an hour. While I'm fast asleep, fortunately, they're going to fix the damage to my knee. The technical term being an ACL reconstruction. An ACL reconstruction starts really with the harvesting of the graft that you're going to use to reconstruct. Can I just say something about this word, harvest? You have this stringy material in your thighs, hamstrings, and when a surgeon says he's going to harvest them, he really means ripping them out. So for you, an incision measuring about 2.5 centimetres was made over the top of your shin bone. And through that incision, we were able to harvest your hamstrings. See what I mean? That sound was the sound of my hamstrings being harvested. Do you want to hear it again? No, neither do I. So she's got good quality hamstrings that we can see. As a woman, there are times in your life when it's nice to have a man compliment your legs. But complimenting what's inside them? Come on, Gary, you can do better than that. So she's got good sized hamstrings, so it'll make for a nice reconstruction. And we took them out and we put them on the back table and we fashioned them into like a rope and we sutured them together. One hamstring ready. Okay, just to recap what's going on in the operation. Your shin bone is connected to your thigh bone with a couple of stringy ligaments. In my knee, one of those strings snapped the ACL, so they had to take the broken string out, take hamstring from my thigh, cut it to the correct length so it could be put into my knee. And then through two very small incisions directly over the joint line of your knee, we were able to look through a camera find where the ACL should be placed. Now we're drilling the tibial tunnel. And then through a series of tunnels and uh, pulling the graft through those tunnels, position the graft in where your cruciate ligament once sat. So the graft is sitting on the inside of the knee. We're about to pull it through the femoral tunnel now. Now the last thing we have to do is fix it in the tibia. So that we use a screw. So the tendon has now become a ligament. So you've converted your hamstring tendons to do the job of what was an anterior cruciate ligament. Inside the tibia, we're going to 
side knife piece. We just trim off the remaining uh, graft as it uh, protrudes out of the tibia. So you can see the graft going from the uh, tibia all the way through to the femur. And take a picture for Tara. And then we're going to close up. That's it. I imagine my knee is going to look like a battered, bulbous, mushy mess at the end of all of this. I'm so glad I'm not living in the era of the miniskirt. We never thought about being fat or thin. We never Unlike my mother and her friends. Because we, we, we all felt we looked good. All former nurses, all in possession of great knees in their time. All, my, all the, the females in my family all had good legs and I was one of them. There was always a thing, cover your knees. You know, be ladylike. Be ladylike. And you didn't cross your knees. You, and you covered your knees. And the skirts were all below the knee. But then a couple of years later, in came <coughs> the mini skirts, and they were brilliant. And it was the time of, are you going to San Francisco? If you're going to San Francisco, be sure to wear At the time, in the 60s, it was a Mary Quant and Biba. And I used to walk down and look at the boutiques and say, I'd love to have one of those dresses. And I saved my money up for about three months and I got a beautiful yellow dress that was way above my knees. And I had bells around my neck. And then I got on the plane to come home to Cork to visit my mum and dad. And I came off the plane and my father met me and he says, Oh my goodness gracious me, love, you look great. We were looking at my knees. (laughs) We went to a rugby club. I'll always remember it because I had on a little mini skirt which was later measured and it was 10 inches from the waist to wherever it ended down my leg. And it was green with a little white frill along the end of it. And it wrapped around me. It was a little wrap around with a pin. Remember those skirts? Little wrap around with a pin that kept me decent. And I had a little white blouse. I can still remember it was a Patrick's night. And that was the night I met my husband. Because we wore the skirts, if you were on a male ward, the male patients loved the nurses getting onto the bed to lift them up because we had to hoist up our skirts. Yes, and they had a good look. And that was the first part of me that your father saw, was my knees and a little few inches above it. Because (laughs) what could we do? I mean, you did what you were told, and if a patient needed to be lifted, that's exactly what you did. As Bernie said, you got up on that bed. Do you know what? I didn't think when I started off this documentary and talking to you ladies that I'd find out that it was my that mum's knees that dad I wouldn't be here without mum. Mum, thank God for your knees. I'm knee trembling, baby. 
baby, stand up against the wall. I'm a need trembler, baby. Almost right there. That's our open wide. All done. Oh, sorry, sweetheart. We're just gonna put some oxygen over your head. All right. Just nice deep breaths for me, sweetheart. You're just waking up. Happy? Yes. Head away. Thank you. I don't remember a whole lot about coming out of the operation. Although I do remember feeling terrible. Okay, you're grand. You're out in recovery. Just relax. Everything went very well, okay? And like most people in that situation, my thoughts turned to prayer. I called on God, Saint Anthony, my late father, Holy Mary, and I even thought of a man I know who's a priest in Finglas in Dublin who, coincidentally, has a problem with his knees. Lord God, your son Jesus left us in the sacrament of his body, food for the journey. The priest's name is Father Eamon Cahill, and as you can imagine having bad knees, it's an occupational hazard for a man of the cloth. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. I wanted to ask him about that, but before he could talk to me, he had to say a funeral mass. Strangely, given this is a documentary about knees, one of those at the funeral was showing off his knees. Army Piper Anthony Byrne. He was wearing a kilt. You'd be surprised when fellas put it on for the first time, back to front, and wouldn't have a clue, it'd be too low on them or whatever, you know, because it's important that you show a little bit of knee, uh, but not too much. Some fellas don't show any knee at all, so there is a thing where you show about sort of two inches of flesh between the sock and the knee, you know. Because I can't straighten my right knee, I can't actually straighten it, so therefore when I do stand together, it looks as though I'm off balance. Um, well, I had the arthritis and I got the operation and um, I found it hard, I found it very sore and they gave me the painkillers and I was popping them, but um, the pain just seemed to get worse and worse, so... It just had me, I was very tearful, contemplating a lot of things, believe me, a lot of things. And um, But I was reassured that it would subside and people had gone through this. Then it just happened, mm-hmm. about six months. Now, I can't put any weight on it. You know, I don't put any weight on the knee. I throw it all onto my left foot. I get mass every Sunday in my key barracks. And when I go in and we kneel down, I uh, grab the handrail and I put the left knee on the down. I don't put the right knee. I could never put the right knee down. I can't genuflect. Your right foot goes behind you and you bring your knee down and you put your knee into your instep. Father Eamon is teaching me how to genuflect. Bring your knee more forward. More, that's it. And your back straight. Okay. And your hands joined. Okay. That's it. And up. In the Catholic Church, this is where you bend down on one knee, the right knee, to show respect. It is, it, yeah. to get up on your own. Yeah. I mean, of course, sorry, but I mean, it is quite wobbly it is, for me. Yeah. And it sounds easier than it is. If you separate your knees just a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Like that. N- yes, yeah. You, 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 greater balance. Like really? You, it, I, it's you're, not that you're, easy. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, okay that's it. <laughs> Has that's anyone it. ever fallen over? Oh, yeah, all the time. What do you yeah. do? <laughs> you get up. <laughs> do you laugh? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I would. It, it's interesting. We have one or two persons who like to genuflect after they receive communion. I find that dangerous because when they genuflect, the person behind them isn't anticipating it and they fall over them. Has that happened? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what do you do then? Just tell them not to genuflect. <laughs> he watches the sparrow and us, you know he sees. I said he loves us. I was intrigued the other night. I went on the Bible on my computer, very modern, just to check how many references there are to knees in the Bible. In the Old Testament, there are 33 references to it. 33. For example, in Deuteronomy, we're told, the Lord will strike you on the knees and on the legs with grievous boils, of which you cannot be healed. <laughs> Don't want to hear about that now. I suppose there's a tradition, it goes, it actually predates kind of Christianity. The Persians used to genuflect. The ancient Chinese genuflected as well. Centuries ago, when I was a young priest, I always wanted to kneel to say my prayers. And funnily enough, no, I was very uh, correct. And I'd always kneel upright. I wouldn't let my backside go against the seat behind me, you know. I can't do that now at all. My poor knees, not from praying, have given out. Without even thinking or even framing an idea in your head, it's a posture that kind of keeps you in a place of prayer. Even if your mind is all over the shop, you can kind of come back from the distraction because you're kneeling. After this particular knee operation, the ACL reconstruction, you stay in the hospital overnight. And unbelievably, I still haven't slept. I may have had a couple of 20-minute bursts, but I still haven't slept. Still, thankfully, no real pain. My whole leg is numb. Um, from my thigh down to just above my uh, ankle. So I can wiggle my toes, thank God. And I think everything gets going here around half five. So I'm going to just try now. I just had a, more painkillers there. So I'm going to hope that um, I'm not doing anything else for a while. Try and get a little bit of sleep between now and there. So I've just been discharged. So we're just going through everything. The redressing, redressed. I felt a bit queasy having a look at the scars. There's three and there's um, there wasn't too much blood there. It's still a few of a queasy. So redressed the wound and got shown how to do that at home. So once I stick my leg out the shower door, I can have a wash down. Um, when I get home. 
physio. And you know what? Another thing about the knees, you don't realise how little soft clothes you have for pulling on and off, unless you want to wear your pyjamas all day long. So my new best friends are two tracksuit bottoms that I'm probably going to live in for the next six weeks. Sexy. My knee operation wasn't as serious as some people's. Imagine you had to get your whole knee replaced to get an artificial knee. Well, if that was the case, you'd be thanking the work of an Irishman who designed one of the first artificial knees in the world, Dr. Jimmy Sheehan. In an early stage of my career, I worked with Sir John Charnley, who was the originator and the designer of the first successful artificial hip joint. And working with him in the 1960s, late 1960s, there was very little we could do for severe arthritic knees at that time. At that time, severe arthritic knees were fused. That would mean that they were completely stiffened. They could walk once they were upright, but it was very difficult to get out of a chair. And with a stiff knee, you had a very difficult gait. People had different views on how to develop an artificial knee because it's much more complex than an artificial hip. I was interested in a knee joint that had inherent stability and it depended on a stem. You had a stem both into your thigh bone and into your tibia and that stem went down about four or five inches. Subsequently, the trend after many years was to replace the stems with more surface-mounted joints. So the current knee joints now are very much on the surface rather than stemmed. Between artificial hips and artificial knees, I reckon I inserted probably about 12,000 joints Wow, that's amazing. You must be so proud of that. Well, it was a lot of of joints over the years. Can I show you my knee? You won't be shocked, will you? Okay, so it's still kind of swollen there. That's my, the key entry. And there's the other little ones there. How do you think it's looking? It's looking very good. Good. So you're, you'd like me to call you... Uh, Fig. Fig, which is your online name because you set up fetish.ie. Tell us why and how and how did that come about? The whole point about it is it's a safe space for alternate sexualities. What is a fetish? The strict definition is an objectification of an inanimate or body part. When you have a fetish, you get turned on because of, like, boots is a, is a common one. Um, Boot, boots? Yeah. Or they said boobs. Boobs. Okay. Well, boobs too, but, like, um, legs, um, earlobes, as well as knees. It's not any old knee. They have to be well presented, and it's not every set of knees. It's going to work. You're not just another lover, no, you're it's got to be in the right angle. That's kind of going to be sexy. So you're there on the night. Somebody has a knee fetish. And they see a beautiful looking guy or girl or just beautiful pair of knees. And then where do you go from there? So the first thing is, 
basic manner supply. You don't go up to somebody and say, <laughs> "Hey, you've got fantastic knees. You know, I, can I worship them?" I mean, that's kind of like a bit impolite. Uh, it sounds pretty good. <laughs> it's a pretty good line. <laughs> Engage in small talk. Be respectful because, like, although you're objectifying a knee, it's still attached to a person. The person has to be willing to indulge you. The knee has a lovely curve to it. Pits in either side of it. Small little hairs on the skin. A graceful curve when it bends and moves. It's poetry in motion. Here's something surprising. One of the things about flogging, most people would think, okay, you go down at the equestrian centre and there's a load of stuff down there. Just after talking about how beautiful the knees are, Fig talks about some fetishists punishing them and flogging them. You can't use a hard instrument on any place where there's bones. That's very, very important because, like, knees can be very delicate. Ouch. So there's sensual play involving pain. <laughs> oh. You don't need to go oh to fetish.ie to feel pain in your knee. <laughs> so hard not to curse. <laughs> Welcome to oh, physio. Let me know if it's too yeah. much, okay? Okay. Because the joint is a little bit hypermobile or a little bit stiff at the moment. This is the physiotherapist. Yeah, quite normal for this stage after the surgery. Again, we're just she says her name is Nessa Healy, but during six months of treatment, I came to know her as Voldemort. Oh my God. It's kind of ironic that it's called, called soft tissue massage and also that it relieves pain. <laughs> it's quite painful. It's very painful. It's very painful. I don't know how the strong sound types do it. Oh, it could be bad for you to keep it all in. If you don't make any of the noises. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I can't believe we're recording this. <laughs> Can I ask, am I the only one who's ever ha- used profanities in this room? No, you're definitely not. You're definitely one of the more vocal people. <laughs> I'll say that much to her, but uh, no, I mean, it's very painful. Okay. And people just, you, know, you can see people like grinning and bearing it. I can't believe it. I'm squeezing my stomach. It's hard. <laughs> you're doing well, Tara. I just measured your knee extension there, and you're down to minus one degree. So you're hyperextending by one degree. When we started, you were at plus five degrees. So um, we still have a little bit more to go, but that's certainly a good, good result. Nessa can mention all the degrees she likes, but I'm looking at my poor knee. It's lumpy, pale and sad looking. OK, maybe I never stood a chance of becoming a supermodel. Actually, I never stood a chance. But that doesn't stop you dreaming. So say I covered up my knee. Would a top model agent like Jules Fallon look twice at me? Sorry to say, but the practicality of it, if you want to be a supermodel, you have to be perfect. And if you've got a great knee, you can do lingerie. I know it sounds a bit silly, but that is the practicality of our industry. If you have a stunning looking girl, and often we'll have to say, right, we need to strip you down to your bikini or your swimsuit because we have to see the body. 
And I'm sorry to say it, but if they don't have a beautiful knee, they're not going to be able to do a lot of fashion work. And then some girls might have what we call the cankle. You know, what happens from the knee down to the ankle. There really isn't an ankle, so we call those cankles. And we could have the cutest, most beautiful girls, but when we see them in a skirt, we're thinking, oh God, look at her legs. What happened? What happened? So I think a knee tells us their age, how they look after themselves. You can tell a girl if she's exercising. And then from the knee down, we want a lovely shape just under that knee, into the calf, and then obviously a nice slimming ankle. So we can tell a lot by a girl if she exercises, if she drinks a lot of water, if she's taking care of herself by the shape of the leg, but most importantly, that knee does stand out. Jules, I've heard before, is this any truth to this, there are a certain number of gaps that a perfect set of pair of legs will have. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. Let's look at a model. They have a lovely gap between that thigh. The knee gently meets at the peak of the inside there, and there's a lovely gap just under the knee. The calves might slightly come together, but again, not touching each other. And then you have that lovely little slim silhouette of the ankle. So you have this beautiful silhouette going on, and the perfection of it is that beautiful glossy bone with the beautiful skin over on the knee. Put your hands straight out, and by putting your hands straight out, you automatically get your shoulders back. Nula to the rescue. After the crushing disappointment of Jules pointing out that I don't have supermodel knees, Nuala Carty, who used to be a model, is showing me how to work with what I've got. You to stand up with me now, and we're going. And to use my whole body to distract from my Paul McGrath knee. We're trying to work out how to get my ears behind my shoulders. Okay, right. So if you get your shoulders back, your hips will automatically just come that little bit over your knees. Oh yeah, you feel it. Yeah, it's great. You feel that. Do you look better on camera like this? Yeah, that was how you were meant to stand. And that's how you trained yourself, by putting your palms forward. It kept your back and tucked in your tummy and your bottom. (laughs) You're meant to have a penny. (laughs) Where do you put the penny? Oh, good God. (laughs) It holds the penny between your knees. Uh, No. (laughs) Your your buttocks. Your buttocks. That's a good word. Your buttocks. What? Yeah. In, was, when you were modelling? Yeah. What if you walked down the catwalk and your penny dropped? No, well, you, you didn't have a real penny. You just thought you had a penny. Oh. You had to hold on so tightly to keep the penny there. Ladies. Yep, that's me. Ladies, let me see you get down low. I can get down low. Which is great because back when I dragged my left knee into the hospital in Sandyford, I never thought I could be so mobile. A bit clunky on the stairs, but still mobile. My left knee feels great. Is that a twinge? In my right knee? And there's a sequence in which Jane Fonda is sitting with her knees hooked up to her chest, talking. And a friend of mine, whom I can't name because he's now a very prominent person, went, God, look at that. And my friends and I looked at each other and went, They're her knees! If you had good knees, would you dance? If I had better knees, I might try a dance, yeah, yeah. Some people wouldn't have called it dancing, though. It, yeah, I would have. If I had good knees, I would dance. There was a line that said, it was 1800, I think, and it may have been a, a pope or somebody connected to Ireland that said, Irish women have special dispensation to wear their legs upside down. Ouch. <laughs> I think that's disgraceful, and I would absolutely have to disagree with that. The cheek of whoever said that. Am 
am I ever going to get into my high heels again, Dr. Jimmy? They're all tucked away in the wardrobe and I haven't got back to them yet. Oh, I'd have no problem with you getting into high heels. I think they'll suit you down to the ground. (laughs) 